coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Ahoy! Pirates off the port bow! Deploy stability improvements! It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined, as I'm always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including the Dolphin emulator coming off of Steam. And then on Thursday, we are watching Street Fighter, the movie from 1994, with special guest Tyler Schnupp. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. Can I can I ask you a question, Patrick? Yeah. Uh, today, I was driving around, and there was a billboard for a Dave Matthews Band concert. Sure. And um, a picture flashed in my mind, and that picture was Jeremy Piven. Is that right? Does Dave Matthews look like... Jeremy Piven. Uh, I, I, are you are you focusing just on like the hairline? <laughs> Is that what you're? Also, maybe I'm picturing hairlines of both of these guys from 25 years right, ago. Right? No. Also true. <laughs> also true. Let's see. Do I know what Dave Matthews looks like now? And do I know what Jeremy Piven looks like now? Yeah, I. Uh, for me personally, yeah. I think the answer to the, both of those questions is no. But from 20 years ago? Possibly. Possibly. Jeremy P- Piven's a more attractive man than Dave Matthews, right? I would don't, ha- I'd have don't to back up. away from the question, Mark. <laughs> I would have to. I don't ge- leave me out I would here. genuinely have to look it up. Because again, in my mind. <laughs> leave me out to dry In my here. mind, I'm picturing Jeremy, like Dave Matthews and Jeremy Piven looking identical. Sure, sure. And so. They don't. So how could I choose? <laughs> Um, also was seeing that billboard and it was yeah. a sold out concert mm-hmm. and it just got made me think Dave like, Matthews or the Dave Matthews band, the Dave Matthews band. Got it. Sold out concert. And it just made me think like, what an amazing life to just be doing that. Here's the thing though. Do they still tour uh, like at the same like density that they use? I can't they, imagine that they do. No, they can't possibly. Yeah. Right. Cause they, they used to be like touring all the time. They, they were like, like a, a road band, right? Yeah. Like, like fish or something that like people and people would follow them everywhere. Right. Um, yeah. They can't possibly. How old is Dave Matthews? Don't look it up. How old do you think Dave I Matthews I, is? I can't look it up because if I look it up, I'll see a picture. Right. That's true. And, and then I'll then I'll be forced to answer your question. God, and then it'll just be Jeremy. <laughs> Mark, if you don't want to look up how old Dave Matthews is, uh, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society, where you can uh, support us if you like. Uh, you can support us with money. Um, and if you subscribe to us at the 8-bit or 16-bit levels, you get access to uh, a fun mini-series that we are doing that we are concluding called NCS Detective Club, um, the finale of which comes out this Friday. That's right. We're going to be talking about Columbo with... Uh special guest and mm-hmm. friend of the show, Ryan Mogi. Really excited for that one. Yeah, uh, very excited to talk Columbo. We've not, Mark, you and I had not had the opportunity to like really dig into talking about what we like about that show and right. about that character. Um, and so the, this felt like a a, cathar- a deep and cathartic thing to do together and to share with Ryan Mogi. Yeah, absolutely. And then to share with everyone else. It's, mm-hmm. it's I'm, 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 I'm very excited for that episode to hit the world. There's also... A- 
a bunch of other great rewards up there. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you so much to all of our supporters. And uh, even if you're not a supporter, thank you so much for listening. Yes, absolutely. We still count you as a supporter. Um, speaking of which, you can join our Discord. Email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And you can get in on all the conversations that people are having in there about Nintendo stuff, about Zelda, about Tears of the Kingdom, uh, and about everything else. Um, get in there. It's a good time and a great group of people. Mark, we've got a question here. Or not a question, a, a comment. A little bit of a debug. Okay. An, an email from the Chariot Goblin. Chariot Goblin writes in and says, Hey, NCS, on your last episode regarding Nintendo 2023 predictions, you talked about a new Famicom Detective Club. I have two corrections. Correction number one, the first game's subtitle is Missing Air, Not Forgotten Air. That's my bad. I must have said the wrong name. <laughs> no, I, I. it's only like uh, I, it, I feel culpable. Because you didn't call me because I didn't because I didn't catch it. That's right. Yeah. So it's a a collective miss on our part, especially for being such big fans of the series. We're look, we got the girl who stands behind. (laughs) That's the weirder title. We wrapped our brain around that one. Uh, And then correction number two, there already is. So uh, I was your prediction, right? Yeah, that's right. Right. And it's sort of just like an ask, not like a a serious prediction. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I don't think. Yeah. You asked for a third Famicom Detective Club game. It's like asking Santa Claus for something. 100%. Um, But an even like bigger, this is like asking Santa Claus for like a toy that doesn't exist. Yeah. It's like when I was like seven years old or whatever, maybe younger than that, whenever Batman Returns came out and like wanting for Christmas, a contract for Warner Brothers to be bat kid yeah it's just like that <laughs> um so uh, there already is a third famicom detective club game that was an exclusive for the super famicom satellaview service a remake and local a localization of that would be neat um so this game is called uh, bs detective club colon the past that disappeared in the snow Ooh, i love that title it's a great title um and i don't i mean i yes i, I guess a uh but you couldn't even like localize it you would have to like truly it just wouldn't be possible right like the way those uh satellaview games worked was that there would be like live broadcast uh voice acting and stuff like that in it um and it it came out uh, initially in like three um chunks and each chunk was about an hour long so it's like much 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 shorter than Uh, a uh, come to tech club game actually would be so like I don't know. I feel like it it stays in the sort of uh, like permanent dustbin of Nintendo history, along with like the BS Zelda games that would be like fun to play, but like they just don't exist. Like the format doesn't exist anymore. What a cool like pre-order bonus, though, if they're like, hey, there's a new Famicom Detective Club game. Yes. And as a pre-order bonus, right. we like recreated those three the past that disappeared yeah. in the snow. Yeah, using the engine from like the first two games or whatever. Right, so it it would be it would be cool. It's hard to count that really as like the third game. Like, do we count BS: The Legend of Zelda as Zelda five or six? I guess. I mean, not no, we don't. <laughs> so I I don't know. It is an 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 interesting uh, footnote in the uh, Famicom Detective Club, um, you know, history there. Uh, Chariot Goblin goes on. It's also worth noting that Mages, the comp- the developer behind the remakes, said that they would love to make a new Famicom Detective Club. However, they're currently going through some financial problems. So who knows? Thanks and keep on keeping on. Uh, thank you, Cherry Goblin, for that added context. I did not know 
that Mages was interested in uh, making a new one of those games. Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't, especially if they're having financial problems, I think it, what it reminds me of is when uh, reporters ask an actor, like, do you want to be in a Marvel movie? And actors are like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I that. <laughs> like, why would I, well, sure. Why yeah. would I say no to this I'm an right actor. now? I like to get paid for acting. Uh, yeah. It's but uh, I paid to get in shape, frankly. <laughs> Truly the dream. Um, but yeah, like I uh, would love for them to make a new Famicom Detective Club game. And if they're in financial straits, uh, uh, this seems like the perfect opportunity for Nintendo to... Uh, okay, but does it though? Because like I, there's a, a new Famicom Detective Club game can't make a lot of money, right? No, but it seems like if... Uh, it's just like brand management for Nintendo, so they pay for it. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is a, a win for mages and just sort of a uh, Nintendo being Nintendo for Nintendo. I mean, that uh, it would make me happy. It would make me happy, too. Yeah. So yeah, thank you, Chariot Goblin. Uh, all right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So before we get too deep into Zelda stuff, yeah, um, let's talk about because you recently picked up a slew of those Aspire ports of Star Wars games. This is an interesting topic, and I want to get to it. But first, I, I we're gonna just like keep slotting things in before. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Tetris ninety nine ticket update. Okay. Um. Oh. Uh. I don't know. Okay. Perfect. I think. I'm glad we interrupted. Yes. I just because here here's what I wanted to say. Uh, that I've been so deep into Breath of the Tears of the Kingdom that um I know I have played a little bit of Tetris ninety nine, but I'm this uh feature of what we've been playing is uh it's not done, but like. I'm going to stop talking about it for a little while. Okay. Uh, so I just wanted to like put that out up front here. Uh-huh. A couple weeks here where I'm not going to be giving updates because the updates will embarrass me and frustrate <laughs> you, the listener. So we're going to stop it for a little <laughs> okay, while. Okay, perfect. It'll be enough time for everybody to forget what the last count was. Yes. And then uh, get back into it. I love it. Yes, that's, this, that's exactly um, what I'm saying. That, I think, is the perfect plan. Just how like I want to get, like, let's say... Um, if I wanted to study a language, right, I would want to do it in secret so that way I could get really good at it and then present my findings. See, the problem with learning a language, though, is that like you have to practice it. Right, right. But like I don't have to practice it around friends. I see. And I what see. I'm saying is like you can still get accumulate your tickets, right? And then at some point, like throw out a really impressive number. We'll right. Be like wow. I mean, I'll be honest. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to make very little progress in secret. <laughs> Understood. Now I'd like to hear about your point about Star Wars games. Yeah. So, uh, Patrick, you recently um, purchased a, a lot of the Aspire. All of them? All of them, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, It was a bundle that they were all in. Ports so. of old Star Wars games. And one of those was Knights of the Old Republic 2. Mm-hmm. And a uh, friend of the show, Alana, it posted in the Discord an update. So... You know, uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2, developed by Obsidian, famously, like, came out not finished, basically. A ton of yes. content was cut. And then later, that content was restored on PCs as a mod. And when Knights of the Old Republic 2... And one of my friends uh, worked on that mod. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, my roommate, one of my roommates in Chicago, Andrew. I didn't know that. That's yeah. so cool. I, I think we talked about it at some point, uh, on, on the, but it's a... I, I'm not being like, I can't believe you don't remember this part. <laughs> um, 
but uh, yeah, like he he put a lot of work into uh, restoring that content. That's amazing. I would love. Uh, this got me intrigued as to like the story of how that came about. Yes. Like, did Obsidian just like give people? I don't know. Like, actually, files or information, right? Because like, well, how I do mean, you go maybe, about restoring, yeah. like? I mean, maybe, content. May, maybe they like had the uh, you know whatever they had for for the content, and then just like put it up on like the message boards or uh, whatever. Because uh-huh. like this would have this would have been in like the early days of uh, the internet, like pre Twitter for sure, um, and maybe even like pre Reddit, like in a, an era where like people are on a message board that is just like on Obsidian's website or right. whatever, um, uh, and then like put it together from there. And I I know that he was like you know, deeply involved in like those communities at, at that time. And that's why he, his, uh, his name or his handle uh, on the message board was in the credits for the uh, like uh, PC version that came out later. That's so fun. Really that's cool. really cool. Yep. Um, so uh, KOTOR 2, Night Seal Republic 2 was like released on Switch and I think other platforms, I'm not, maybe it didn't need to be, maybe it already was like on most other platforms. But as part of the announcement trailer, they said that that cut, the like deleted content mod, I guess like the restored content mod, would be coming to Switch as DLC in the future. And then just this past, uh, I mean, yesterday, a lot of posted this uh, uh, article from thegamer.com that says that on Aspire's like upload of the reveal trailer, they had mentioned any uh they removed any mention of that content coming to switch which means they changed the trailer yeah so yeah i, I would say they are no longer counting or no longer planning on, on bringing that content out um as dlc yeah so when the video was first uploaded it said the sith lords restored content dlc will be will be available post launch as free dlc in the nintendo eShop, but it doesn't say that anymore so a little bit of a, a quiet canceling of um, some DLC. We've actually seen a, a fair amount of this uh, uh, recently. The uh, um, Marvel's Midnight Suns, uh, the Switch version of that, was canceled really without like a, a big to do. It was just sort of like a side note on their um, like update on the release dates for the PS4 and Xbox One versions of it. Um, and I, I am currently wondering... So, uh, in our predictions episode, I, I did bring up the Lord of the Rings Go- Gollum is supposed to be coming to Switch at some point. Uh, that was, you know, originally supposed to be day and date with everything else. They delayed it. Um, but Lord of the Rings Gollum is just getting, like, absolutely savaged uh, in, in reviews. Um, so much so that the company put out, like, an apology being like, sorry, our game's bad. <laughs> um, which, like you're not really right like that's the game they meant to make it maybe isn't as as good as uh it could have been anyway it doesn't matter um it just goes in the pile of games i'm not actually interested in playing anymore um but i wonder how long they're going to string along the idea that there is a switch version of this game right that it's actually going to come out and if they announce that they are you know like uh, in an effort to reduce bugs in the next generation versions of our game we are canceling development on switch or whatever um or if they just stop talking about it yeah i i I think it'll probably be the latter i think it'll be like um, ubisoft and steep where yes you know we just never hear from it ever again or uh you know for the longest time um what was that pirate game oh sure skull and bones skull and bones yes which then like came back 
And then was like delayed into oblivion again. Oh yeah, that's right. Just re- not that long ago. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, but uh, that that's was never going to be a Switch game. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's DLC and then Marvel's Midnight Suns and uh, uh, this um, Lord of the Rings Gollum, which I suspect won't come out on Switch. But I guess enough talk about in what we've been playing about stuff that we will never play. Yes. And time for some Tears of the Kingdom talk. Let's talk about Tears of the Kingdom some more. Um, Mark, how where are you on, on your journey with this game? Okay, so last week when we talked, I think I was saying, maybe I'm going to do the story beats. Like, I'm going sure. to start following that path mm-hmm. so I can, you know, start gathering some more abilities. Also, you know, uh, just kind of a side note, when we initially... After, like, the first episode we did after Tears of the Kingdom, we said that this was going to be, like, or Tears of the Kingdom released, we said that this was going to be, like, fairly spoiler-free, um, like, segments. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, like, we won't story, like, um, spoil, like, story beats, partly because I haven't gotten there. But the more we're talking about it, it's, like, it's kind of hard to talk about our experiences without talking about, like, things that we experience in the game. Yes, yes. So, uh, fair warning, I guess. And um, and we'll if there's like a specific thing that we're gonna spoil, I think we'll probably project that. Yeah, but like I'm gonna talk about quickly. like a specific mission, and I guess tell me, Patrick, if you don't want to know. But basically, I did not do any of that. I did not follow the story path, yeah. even despite my best intention. Because as is true of Breath of the Wild, and as is still true for Tears of the Kingdom, um, I intend to head that direction, and then I get distracted, and it sends me off doing something completely different yeah this this game is the king of you set a goal on the horizon and you're like i'm gonna run towards that or i'm gonna fly towards that or i'm gonna ride a horse towards that or ride this vehicle that i made towards that and then two seconds later you're like but what is this thing over here (laughs) so i finally did the mission to get the camera yeah that like sends you into the depths kind of gives you more context and so i did that one and then i did the the kind of like follow up mission where you have to find the um have you have you done it the I've, second I've one I've done the follow up mission but I, I feel free to tell me about it okay so. so you don't yet have like the your wheel is not complete your like wheel, power wheel is not complete okay it is I will say it is in my opinion very much worth your time to go complete it do you know what that last power is it's the auto builder yeah yeah it it, it it's total game changer okay um. And Which incredible, by the way, that there are four <laughs> like powers that uh, make up the core of this game, all of which could be their own video game. Uh-huh. And then there's get other game changers on top of that. And so I went and did that. And so I got all of that. And I was like, great. Now I really, for sure, am going to go do the story stuff. And then I saw the Great Plateau. And I was like, what's going on to the Great Plateau right now? Yeah. You know, what, what has changed? And that sent me on another mission. Did you? Sorry. Did you encounter the gloom hand on have you encountered gloom hand? I have encountered the gloom hand but not it, it was like by the uh that first uh sinkhole that they send you to oh, is okay. where I encountered the gloom hand. I encountered I it on the great plateau. Oh, okay, yeah, no. Um, and uh it's the only time I've encountered it. I put a little skull on my map to be like <laughs> never go back here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if those are random. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I yeah. have no idea. Um Okay, so did you go to the t- the Temple of Time Ruins? Yes. In and did you talk to the uh, goddess statue mm-hmm. who has like the riddle and is like, yeah. oh, like do this thing? So have you gone and done that yet? I have not. I've not actually done it. Okay, no. so uh, that quest sent me <laughs> on, and it, like 
the, that's what's so incredible about this game is that I probably have spent I'm not finished yet. I finally like uh um am like on a path to finish it, but it probably took me like just that by itself, like uh going to the goddess statue, figuring out what I was supposed to do next, uh, and then doing the thing after that. It took me like has taken me like a good like two hours. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about this game. Is that it's just like this like weird little diversion that I'm doing that I'm sure something will happen at the end, but you know it's not gonna. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll basically just be like another side quest that I've completed. Right. And then I'm gonna have to figure out, uh, you know, like okay, now I really am gonna go for the story quest again. Well, it's yeah. I mean, I I this weekend uh started like spending time uh putting the band back together and using the band members to wake up the great fairies. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um and I I've only done one of those. Okay. I've I've done uh I've I've got 3 band mem- members and I've woken up two great fairies. Um but uh I I love this little bit. First of all, these characters are phenomenal. They the designs of them are so good. The little conductor guy as he like yeah. dances around is so cute. Um and like uh, using them to unlock the, the 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 great fairies, and then like having then then I have like a new goal of like oh I can start upgrading armor, and then like I get a second one. I'm like oh I can do like the second level upgrades to my armor, but then I'm like oh I gotta find like you know five more red chew jellies, and it's like okay I'm going up to the volcano, um and like every single thing that I do uh, answers one question and asks three more. And then I can choose which of those three uh, a- questions I want to answer. Uh, and then in doing so, I will get three more questions. You know, like, yep. um, uh, I love, I think I mentioned it last week, but I love that exploring the sky gives you maps to points of interest in the depths. Um, I love that the uh, wells are the uh, wells and caves are the only place to find luminous fruit that you need to explore the depths. So you need to. You need to explore the wells and the sky so you can explore the depths. And in the depths, you can get Zonite, which you can use to do everything else. Like, it's such a – everything feeds into each other in such a compelling and fun way. And so, like, naturally, that you're like, I need to constantly be revolving between all these pieces. Absolutely. And there was uh, – I also love how kind of, like, the game is – really thoughtful in putting like markers like a uh, a uh, a shrine or something in an area that yes. is really hard for you to get to and so there there was one island in the sky that looked it was it's like it looks like a cube and it's like what is yeah. that yeah and so and, and like i just want i really wanted to figure it out but i was like so what the way i got there was before i got, uh shot myself up in the sky tower I made a bunch of uh, um, stamina uh, potions sure. and uh, elixirs. And so, you know, like, it, 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 I tried it once, realized, oh, I don't have enough stamina. I have, like, a complete second stamina wheel, oh, but it wasn't you're, enough. You're, you're maxed out on stamina. Yeah. Okay. And, um, uh, and so I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to need more elixir. And so I did that, and then I got there, and it's something that I can't enter yet. Um, like, you know, I tried to do the hand thing and it was, there was a big red X, like, nope. And a message saying, you have to like do this before you can come here. And, but there was a shrine right in front of it. So it was like, well, you figured out how to get here. So next time you can always come back, you can always come back and it's like super, you know, it'll be like way easier. Um, the other thing I wanted to say about my tears of kingdom experience this week 
is it made me realize, just like you were saying with the great fairy fountains and, uh, you know, it's like the, the this wheel of systems mm-hmm. and how like one feeds into the other and it just continues is one system that I did not figure out. And I've been trying as much as possible not to like look at a guide or anything. But I looked this up. I was like, what am I supposed to do with this Zonite? I don't get it. What is like Zonite and what is crystallizing Zonite? And like, right. what does that do? So you can use crystallized Zonite and a lot of it to upgrade your battery. Yeah, it's like a hundred uh, crystal yes. like Zonite or whatever to get one more bar a battery. Right. Um, and that battery bar guy is at, uh, there, or there is one of, I, he may be all over the place, but there is one right outside of the, um, like the outpost outside, of, like the, the, the landing outpost, whatever, that, that first like settlement that you go to. Oh. Where Pura and everyone okay. is. Okay. I just went back to the Sky Island because oh, there's okay. like, or the Great Sky Island. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like one there. But um, yeah, like I had run into these people, like the Smelders construct constructs yeah. or whatever before, and uh, I <laughs> that is one where I feel like it's like it it's a lot to wrap your head around. I think yes, where it's I like agree. Zonite can be turned into the like Zonite, they're not shards, but like no, those orb like, things yes. that you can use in the uh, Gachapon machines mm-hmm. to get Zonite tools, or they can be turned into these like like crystals or whatever i can't and then those crystals you have to go somewhere else to turn them into like more battery power but now that i get it it's like oh okay i understand what i should be doing with this zonite but before i was just like gathering all of it and not really understanding what the point was right what's crazy is like i'm so far away from having enough zonite to or and crystallized zonite to upgrade my battery at all um let alone like you see some of these people who've been playing uh, and like building things, and they've got like ten batteries. <laughs> right, yeah. You're like, wait a minute, <laughs> what? What? I- uh, how? How? Um, but I mean, also there are people who put like over a hundred hours in at this point. I gotta, I have put in a, a ton of time this weekend. Um, it's most of how I spent my day today, Monday Memorial Day, um, and yesterday. Um, and uh, I just finished the uh, the the Goron Temple. Oh, how was that? It was fun. Um, the I I realized that I have to um, like retrain my brain uh, whenever I go into a dungeon because I always my mind wants to approach them like linearly, like a Zelda dungeon. But there's still like Tears of the Kingdom areas, right? Like I should really just be thinking about like how do I get over there? How can mm-hmm. I get over there? Um, because the whole thing is like minecart based. Um, so there's a lot of like. Uh, you can hit uh, uh, switches oh. to like move tracks and stuff. Uh, and at first, I was like, "Okay, so I got to get over there and then like see what options I have." You know, that'll probably trigger to whatever, whatever. But then I'm just like, "No, you know what? I can climb. I can use rockets to propel myself. I can, uh, I can just like uh, shield surf on like some of these rails." Um, and uh, as as soon as I was like, because I was really kind of struggling with it for like maybe 45 minutes and like I got one of these switches in it. Uh, and then as soon as I was like, no, you know what? I, I'm just going to like goblin my way around this thing. Then I knocked the rest of them out real quick and got to the boss and had a great time. Um, but it's, it's just funny that like, I forget that I'm playing tears of the kingdom in that. Moment, uh, uh-huh. you know? um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it was fun. I, I think probably the, um, the lead up to the wind temple is still 
uh, more fun, more satisfying than the lead up to or the um, fire temple itself. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. And um, like I sort of put it down in the middle and then like I could not think about anything else until I got back to it. You know, where it's just like it just stay. It's just a present game in my brain kind of all the time. The uh, the Goron one was my least favorite in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. So it tracks for me that it would not be as good as the Rito one in Tears of the Kingdom as well. Yeah, um, I mean the Rito, the the lead up to the the Rito one in Tears of the Kingdom, I think is super fun. So have you done those two? I've done those two. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, and this is, I I feel like the most spo- spoilery of anything we've talked about so far. The second power, um, that you mm-hmm. like get is it cool? Is it fun? Uh, I haven't used it yet. Okay. I mean, I, I used it in the temple. Uh huh. Um, but you have like a ghost, like avatar or whatever, like yeah. following you well, around. So, so, so just, just like in the in the wind temple, he's not a ghost on your like, oh, approach sure, in yeah. the temple. He's actually yeah. there. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, the exact same thing happens where he's like, I'm gonna stay here and like help you, but like you have this thing to now you can summon, you know, which one of us. So, and like, I still have the little bird boy following me as well. So like, as I'm in this temple, there's like bird and Goron like fighting alongside me. Oh, okay. And so like you're, uh, what is it? The, like the D pad? Is that, I, I'm trying to think on the, is, is yeah. Or no, 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 it's not. It's like a, it's a, yeah. yeah it's so like you, you just got to like go over to him and push a, yeah. Oh, so it's still to, to a say, for, to say, let's go yeah. for the Goron dude. Mm-hmm. It's also a, well, I haven't run around with. Both oh, okay. Okay. In, just cause like, point, yeah, but it, yeah. It, it be, because there's four, it made me want, and like, you know, the right now, the bird one is a for me. So right. I wondered if like, you know, you it would be B or whatever for the Goron one. I I don't think so, but I mean, we'll we'll find out because it's it's while I was running around with the real Goron and the ghost bird, um, uh, I would occasionally accidentally blow. Oh, the, okay, the, yeah, the gust yeah. of wind, just because like you have to go up to the right one and say let's go and then use their ability. Um, have you encountered a sage orb yet? Uh, those are the ones that you get on like the Sky Island, right? Yeah, and or on like s- certain Sky Islands. I've, I've only have... gotten one. Yeah. Okay, yes, I have. I think you need four. I don't know what you, to do. Something. I have three. Oh, okay, that's yeah. Uh, so you you bring them to the goddess statue and like pray with them just as you would. Oh, uh, upgrade your okay, or stamina. got it. And so it does something with your relationship to those powers. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either. I no, it's just faster recharge. But oh, I bet you're right. But maybe it's like a second string of powers. Like who knows? Yeah, but yeah, I ha- I have three. Okay. Um, I I still need one more. Also, I encountered uh up in the Sky Islands because anytime I don't generally go to the sky that much, except when I do a sky tower and then I see something mm-hmm. and I'm like, I gotta go check that out. I just gotta go. But you know the like uh that like uh cube monster construct yeah that so i ran into like the level two version of that sure and um it is uh like do you want me to tell you can i tell you what changed or do you want to i mean i I fought a level three but oh you fought oh i want to hear about that because like so level two it does a lot of the same stuff but then it goes into this state where it um you know the thing where it like becomes like flat and it's shooting cubes down at you. Yeah. So it does that, but it's doing it high up. So yeah. you have to figure out how to get up 
Right. So that way, because it'll just keep doing that until you've I mean, kind you of descend. like confronted it at it. Right, 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 right. right. Or, yeah. but it also, at least the one I did, had some other, um, no, 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 it's too high. It's too far away oh, to ascend. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, did and did so it have springs around? It didn't have springs. Mm-hmm. What it had was, you know, in the Skyland, it has like the metal Zonai platforms. Yeah. Uh, it had those and uh, then Zonai tools and you could figure out like, okay, am I going to like, how am I going to use these right, to, to, get up there. to like get high enough? Because once you get high enough, it kind of like gets it out of that state and yeah. it goes back to the ground. But that was just, that threw me for, for, for a loop for a little bit because I was expecting it to like do that thing up there for a while and then eventually it would come down by itself. Yeah. But it didn't. I had to like meet it on its own terms. That's funny. What is the level three like? So it does that too. And then it also, uh, you know, does the level one do the thing where it just like turns into a cube and just like uh uh-huh, pounds around. around? Yeah. So it did that, but so fast. Oh, <laughs> like so fast. Um, it was it was extremely <laughs> difficult. Um, but I I beat it, and this was the one I think I mentioned it last week that I didn't need to kill. Um, but I did anyway. Like it had the uh the like crystal in it that I needed to bring over to the shrine. Oh, um, and you could just knock you could knock it off with a bomb arrow and then grab it and run away. Um, and I did that and was like, I put the shard down and I was like, now we fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I could talk about this game forever. Have you been to our Loreline Village yet? The bill, the uh, no, no, I, I haven't. I have Pirates. not done anything. Basically, I haven't gone anywhere on the uh, east side of the map. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I haven't gone to like. Uh, I, there's a bunch of people there. They want me to go to Hateno Village. Yeah. I, I haven't gone to Hateno yet either. Uh, I haven't been to Kakariko Village. Mm. Like, um, I, there's <laughs> there's still so much of this. For, so much. So I mean, much and I'm yet. I'm telling you, I'm still on the Great Plateau, being like, <laughs> uh, what changed on the Great Plateau? Right. And trying to figure out this uh the the Goddess Shrine thing, so I can and, and that one's kind of. Qu- uh, the other thing, because you were asking about Zonite, or talking about Zonite, w- uh, going into the depths, it's not you're. It's not like th- th- you get a lot of Zonite down there. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, um, I I have yet to um, like set goals for myself in the depths. Uh, the the couple times I've been down there, I'm always just like, let's explore a little bit, and then I get like overwhelmed yeah. or like sometimes a little bored because it it's not as good as you kind of got to go down there with a mission. For that's it to be how I feel about the Sky Islands too. I kind of oh, get bored pretty quickly. Um, but like the the main land of Hyrule is still so compelling, um, and like kind of freshly so. Uh, and there are still huge parts of it that I haven't been. I haven't seen the Zora. Uh, I I haven't even seen a Zora. I yet. think there's a big. I mean, I guess you went to the Goron one, so tell me. But it looks like over the Zora one, there's like a big storm, there's a storm or something. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know, I'm so. I got like, caught in that storm at one point oh, because cool. I was, uh, I was exploring like the jungle area down uh-huh. there, um, and got like launched into the sky and was like floating over to something and was like getting into the side of the storm, uh, and just basically it, everything goes dark and there's just like lightning and stuff, and I was like, I gotta get uh, that I, is I, cool. Get dive out of here, um, but yeah. Uh, it's impossibly cool. Uh, everything about it is. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say it. Uh, I felt the same way you uh, as you about the depths. I again recommend doing that like next mission. Yeah. When you are ready to do more in the depths, because it does give you a little bit more direction where you're like, oh, like I kind of like uh like I get how to explore down here, like kind of what the goal is, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. Um. Well, and also like as I. 
access more of the Sky Islands and get more of the um, the, the the gotchas and have just like a bigger variety of um, Zonite equipment, Zonai equipment, um, the more free I feel to like actually explore. Because um, some of those, they're just like sheer cliff walls and, and stuff like that where I'm just like, this is impossible to get around and I can't see anything. Um, but if you got more uh, Zonai equipment, then it's not it's not so bad. Uh, all right. Uh, we can stop talking about Tears of the Kingdom for a little bit. It's just, uh, I am, every time I play it and like every hour I put into it, I'm like, oh yeah, I know this is, uh, I'm like more assured that it's like a stone cold classic that we'll be talking about forever. Um, and like, I just, I just think about like the number of things that, uh, Breath of the Wild established as like, this is what Zelda is now, you know, like we have, uh, these four different like types of people. They're all in the game um and like uh yeah climb everything yeah that's part of zelda now uh, this huge open world and like not really uh any specific direction that you have to go in that's part of zelda now uh, and i wonder if there are uh like uh there's a world beneath the world that's part of zelda now there are islands in the sky that's part of zelda now you can build whatever you want that's part of zelda now um it feels like a sea change on the same order of magnitude as those changes in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I just can't get over the amount of stuff that I'm like doing in the game and being entertained by in the game and how yeah. little of the game I've actually or like little of the map anyways that yeah. I have actually encountered. Yeah, it's mind-boggling to be like I I may have 50 hours in at this point. Um and I still I have maybe half the map uncovered. Mark that's enough talking about what we have been playing. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. On Thursday, June 1st, uh, Etrian Odyssey HD, Etrian Odyssey 2 HD, and Etrian Odyssey 3 HD are all released on Switch. Uh, and again, Thursday is June 1st. Yes. Crazy. Uh, and then on Friday, We Love Katamari Reroll plus Royal Reverie is released on Switch. I have not played this game. The only Katamari game I've played was uh, the re-release on Switch from a couple of years ago, maybe like 2019. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And I do think I'm going to buy this. Probably, I mean, I don't think I'm going to play it right now. I'm, it's all Tears of the Kingdom for me currently. But uh, maybe I'll wish list it for when it like That's goes on idea. sale. That's a good idea because uh, it will. Yeah, yeah, but but I am excited for um, I'm excited for this to be there. I have one of the things I really loved about the uh, uh, Katamari Damacy um, release on Switch, or at least I, I think it's the same, is the soundtrack. Yeah, and I'm very excited to. For listening to the soundtrack to this one oh, it, that's the a good first point the first one's like really eclectic it has some like j-pop some jazz it has just like a bunch of different things in it all of them very good and i'm very excited to kind of see what the uh soundtrack is like for this one does it feel like we're still in that like uh tears of the kingdom hangover as far as like uh game releases on switch are concerned that, it like, does for me definitely yeah. you know like i feel like if uh you haven't picked you didn't pick up tears of the kingdom you you know, are not really into Zelda games, like whatever, or you plan to pick it up later, whatever it is, it's like, yeah, I could see, uh, you know, pick, and you are eagerly anticipating Nintendo games, you know, Pikmin 4 is still a ways out, 
Yeah, but um, it just feels like Tears of the Kingdom is still just sucking up all the energy. Yeah, it certainly is for me. Yeah, well, I mean for for me too. I uh, uh, not just like in games I want to play, but just like in my life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's not. It's not a problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, well... But, to, like, it could become one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to that note, like, I d- have been playing. I made a real valiant effort to put some time into Super Metroid this weekend. Oh, yes. Um, because we're going to be on the Super Gamer Boys podcast uh, talking about it. Yep. And... Um, I'm going to speed run that tonight. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, I... I, I but it was, you know, like, um, a conscious, like, okay, and now... I am closing Breath of the Wild the first time I have, or Tears sorry, of Kingdom, Tears of the yeah. Kingdom. The first time I have done that, I think, since that game came out. And, um, you know, I'm going to boot up Super Metroid. But it was hard while I was playing Super Metroid to not just always be thinking about yep. going back to Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, and there we are. Uh, th- I guess that was the new releases. <laughs> I was uh, still talking about Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Mark, let's close out this segment. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433 in 1952. American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers did not play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo or talking about Tears of the Kingdom. For the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I'll talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, last week you had me guess the 10 best-selling board games. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, on some crazy website. I'm going to take us to a different crazy website and make you guess attend something. Uh, we're going to Ranker, and what are the top 10 most popular and fun card games? Popular and fun. Popular and fun, yes. So, and Ranker is the website where, like, people vote? People vote, yes. So okay. this, this is all uh, user-generated. The uh, The 10th place game has uh, 18,000 votes. Okay. So uh, it is worth noting that, uh, you know, it's it's not a... Uh, it's not, like, definitive by any means, but, you know, that's uh, that's almost 2,000 people. Yeah. So, um, yes, the the most uh, fun and popular card games. <laughs> and this casting a wide net here, because, like, it, this could be, like, games that you play with, like, regular playing cards. Okay, that, that's, could, that was going to be, be my follow-up question. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um... And I did describe this list as deranged <laughs> earlier. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am going to start with um, uh, Texas Hold'em. Texas Hold'em number eight okay. on the list. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, hearts. Hearts not in the top ten. Okay. Uh, hearts number 13. Okay. Um, old Maid. Ooh, uh, Old Maid. Here's the thing. I th- I feel like Old Maid is a fun game for, like, kids. And I don't think kids are voting on these things on the internet. I actually, I don't, uh, I, I, I've never played Old Maid, and oh. I don't know how it works. Um, yeah, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to similarly say that, like, Go Fish is not on there. Yeah, Go Fish is not in the top 10. Go Fish is 22. What about War? War is not in the top 10. It is number 14. Okay. Um, I actually don't really know that many Game, or how about blackjack? Blackjack does that is that is count? number six. Okay, yeah, it counts. Okay, um, I'm trying. To, yeah, uh, five card stud. I really just know. Uh, so okay. Uh, number one is, is poker. poker. Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, so we 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 can kind of count that. Uh, weird that Texas Hold'em is 
Yeah, as it has a, its own as d- a distinct. separate entity is number eight and yeah. poker is number one. Okay, all right. So that basically exhausts my knowledge of, or maybe bridge. I don't know. Is bridge on there? Bridge is not in the top ten. Hold on, I did see it. Uh, bridge, 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 bridge. Mm. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. Um, do you remember in? I mean, well, in my newspaper growing up, there was like the syndicated comics, and then there was like a bridge thing. It was like showing bridge hands. I don't understand it at all. Um, okay, now I'm moving off of playing cards because yeah. I don't know uh, any more games there that I can think of off the top of my head. So how about Uno? Uno is number two. Oh, uh, yeah, the there list. we go. Yeah. Um, okay, Rook Ooh. or like Rook cards. Uh, I don't know what that is. Okay. Oh, that's so funny. And so I don't, I don't see it anymore. We, uh, like growing up, like Rook, we had Rook decks. We had like so many of them. Mm. Um, okay. How about phase 10? No, phase 10 is not in the top 10. Okay. How about, uh, Skipbo? Skipbo is not in the top 10, but it is, uh, it is up here somewhere. I saw it. Oh, phase 10 is, uh, is number 18. Okay. Um, Skipbo is number 23. I can I tell you what number three is? Because <laughs> yeah, it is you're gonna have to because I'm never is, gonna guess it. You're, you are never gonna guess it um, because it is exploding kittens. I don't know what that is. It's, oh, is it like a Cards Against Humanity type thing? So Cards Against Humanity is number five. Okay, but yeah, it, it is similar to that. right. Yeah. What about is Apples to Apples a card game? Apples to Apples is number nine. Oh no, I, number ten. Sorry. Okay, I. Would not necessarily think of that as a card game, but I guess it is. It's facilitated uh, yeah. by cards. Yeah, I feel like it's a party game, right? Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you uh, conceptually. They're, they're not card games, but they do occupy uh, Cards Against Humanity, number five, uh, Apples, Apples, number 10. Okay. I think I, I think I have... I'll share the rest of the, uh, of, yeah. of the top 10 with you. Uh, so number one was poker. Number two was Uno. Number three is Exploding Kittens. Sure. Um, number four, Spoons. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, a number number. <laughs> As, the older I get, the more I'm like, Spoons is really dangerous. It is. <laughs> uh, five is Cards Against Humanity. Six was Blackjack, which you guessed. Seven is Rummy. Okay. Eight was Texas Hold Them, Hold Them, Hold Them. Uh, nine was Spades. And, oh, okay. And ten was Apples to Apples. But that seems deranged to me. <laughs> that those guess... three party games are in, the, are in the top ten. Yeah, I would, you know, like I said, don't necessarily think of those as card games. But I didn't know there was a game called Spades. And why is that different from Hearts? I don't know. Uh, number 11 was Speed. Ah, okay. And number twelve is Magic: The Gathering, which uh, uh, is oh yeah, I didn't even think about didn't even like think is Pokemon about the trading card game in there. I don't know. I closed it. But <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> we really won't. Uh, okay, we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. I didn't say in the segment, but you did a good job of, of guessing this. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, back in March, the uh, yes, my voice did just <laughs> did just crack. I wasn't gonna say. <laughs> uh, back in March, <laughs> the developers of the Dolphin emulator, which is a emulator for GameCube and Wii games, announced that it would be listed on Steam in the future, and uh, I f- that did not end up happening. Right. Um, so. What was originally reported is that Nintendo sent a DMCA notice to Steam asking them to take down the do- the listing for the Dolphin emulator. But uh, uh, f- 
like further reporting and uh, uh, Pierre Borden from uh, on Mastodon, who is the treasurer for um, like Dolphin, at least for like the next month or something. I've, he was already like stepping down, but um, uh, and his status there doesn't have anything to do with what he was saying but except spilling the tea on the way out right (laughs) well no his like disclaimer is like he's not officially involved with dolphin anymore yeah um and like technically the treasurer still for a month but otherwise not involved but basically what he's his understanding of what happened is that you know dolphin had their intention to publish uh the emulator on steam there are emulators already on steam yes so uh, dolphin had the uh, intention of publishing on steam valve legal reached out to Nintendo of America to be like, hey, how do you feel about this? And Nintendo apparently replied to Valve saying, we think it's a bad idea and that it would violate the DMCA anti-circumvention provisions. Um, And basically like, please take it down. And Valve Legal at that point, even though like they don't have to, but Valve Legal at that point like said, okay, and they took it down. Right. Valve being like, we don't need this fight. Uh-huh. And right. then they sent uh, Nintendo of America's reply to the Dolphin Foundation. Um, and so I feel like it, like emulation, basically what I think is that nobody here wants this to go to like, to wants to push this. Like, right. I don't think anybody right. here wants this to go to trial because the outcome could be anything and i don't think right i don't think anybody yeah, no, wants to ri- i don't think it's anybody true. wants to risk it like right i don't think nintendo like wants to risk it because the court could find that what dolphin is doing is totally um is completely legal and there's no issues with right. it and that would be bad dolphin foundation probably doesn't want to push it because they don't want to court and have it be found that what they are doing is illegal you right. know what i mean right so i think all of the emulation stuff is in this real gray area where most of the time companies look the other way. Um, I, my understanding, and I am definitely, uh, this would be a great thing for somebody who knows more to like write into debug on because I'm definitely not an expert. My understanding is that it had part of the problem with Dolphin, and it was a decision made like 15 years ago that like other emulators do not have. Is this like specifically includes like the encryption key or something for like Wii software? And mm. that is what Nintendo could say is copyrightable. Oh, sure. And that, that is that what there they... is some proprietary technology. Exactly, exactly. It. Within Dolphin. Um, but I but like I am definitely not a subject matter expert. I don't know enough to understand like the intricacies of all this or why like other emulators that are on Steam are fine, even if they run, you know, some like Nintendo stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Well what's what what is interesting about Nintendo like I mean, the, the whole thing is interesting, but like the what, what's kind of especially interesting or kind of like head scratching about this is like there is no marketplace on which Nintendo is currently selling GameCube games. Right. Um, or Wii games, right? Like there, there is the odd uh, Wii or GameCube game that gets remade, um, but like that's an extremely rare occurrence. Um, and so like they're not missing out on everyone could pirate all the uh, GameCube games there are. And would like the opportunity cost to Nintendo is effectively nothing. Um, even in terms of like subscriptions to uh, Nintendo switch online, like none of those games are even available there. So like what they're 
defending their right to sell exclusively, they're not selling at all. Right. I mean, I guess from yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I I also get it in the abstract too. Like you you, you defend a copyright that you, of something even if you're not planning on. Uh, even if you're not making anything with it right now, even if you're not selling it right now, because you may want to in the future, and because um, then it strengthens the copyright. If you're if you don't if you have a copyright and you don't defend it, and there's evidence of you not defending it, then the copyright can go away. Um, so uh, yeah, it's you, you don't want to be put in a position where like your intellect, the thing that you sell, could be uh, like taken away from you. You don't want you don't want to be put in that position either. I feel like. Uh... And again, I'm not like I know basically nothing about the emulation scene. Yeah, but I feel like most companies are really hands off, and so it's interesting. Like, uh, it feels like a special in in this case, kind of like a bad way, like special case that, um, like I wonder what would have happened if Valve had not reached out to Nintendo. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, like would Nintendo have pursued it, or would it have just been like would Dolphin have just gone up. You know what I mean? Because it, yeah. it feels, again, it feels like such a gray area that nobody really wants to test the boundaries of what is okay and not yes. okay. Um, because I'm not sure that, any that you know, anybody would like the answers. Right. Well, and, you know, I, I feel like so much emulation that I I don't really do. And I like you, I'm not really part of that emulation scene or like an expert on it. Um, but most people that I know that do this kind of thing do it as like curiosity like they want to experience uh, a, a game uh not like to beat it or because they were going to buy it but like just out of curious just as like a i want to see what this game is like yeah i mean i do think that if i ever want to play like mother three in the future yeah that, like you would have emulation to. is like the yeah. way to do it you know with like a fan translation and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um i think that there's a really small in the grand scheme of things but dedicated um like people who are enthusiasts who are like i love dolphin or similar things because i want to be able to run gamecube games at like 60 frames per second sure. at crazy resolution yeah. you know what i mean yeah but uh i it just feels like it can't be enough of a market that um it would be like that much of a risk sure. you know to yeah. like nintendo but like you said they're not selling these games anywhere right now anyways, so it can't be the monetary, uh, right. you it know, just, like, a risk to them. Right, it's that, just sort of like... For the reason for them to, like, crack down on yeah, something. exactly. Well, kind of related, the Nintendo 3DS received a new system update last week, and the main functionality of this update appears to be disabling a common method of homebrew hacking uh, on the system. Nintendo's official release notes mm -hmm. basically just say stability improvements. Just stability improvements, nothing to see here, just more stable now. <laughs> but like you were saying, Patrick, Nintendo doesn't sell Nintendo 3DS games on the eShop anymore. You know, like you cannot yeah. buy through official Nintendo channels 3DS games. Right. So like, what do they care what people are doing with it? Yeah. It does kind of feel sort of petty. It feels petty. It, it it feels petty more than anything. I mean, I I know that like uh, th this update came along, uh, and then I saw like a day later, people were like, "We have a workaround for it." And, like, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's a uh, ne never count the the hacking community out, right? Um, but it, yeah, it, it is like, why, why, why did you bother? Why, why would you bother? Like, uh, it it could only be stopping people f from buying games on like the secondhand market. 
Um, and it's like, why would you want? Why? Why do you care? Right. Yeah. Well, last week, Nint- or PlayStation rather, had a showcase where they showed off over thirty new games coming to PlayStation platforms over the next two years. Uh, some of those games are also coming to Xbox, and a couple of those games revealed are also coming to switch a literal two of them <laughs> yeah that's right uh one is cat quest pirates of the Caribbean, uh in 2024 and then neva in 2024 from the developers of gris um i want to talk about the pun in pirates of the Caribbean. Uh-huh. i don't like it <laughs> how do you feel about state it? state your objection my objection is that I, it feels like a visual pun because uh-huh. the uh-huh. two r's in per match up with the two r's in caribbean <laughs> I could imagine, I'm imagining like Eartha Kitt's Catwoman saying Peribian, <laughs> and uh, I like that very much. It works for you? <laughs> it does work for me. Uh, In that specific instance, if okay. I'm watching the 1960s Batman yeah, TV yeah, series, yeah, yeah. and Eartha Kitt as Catwoman Then is... that's fine. And she's talking about her favorite rides at Disney? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Pirates of the Peribian. <laughs> Um, you watched the PlayStation Showcase. You are yeah. a, a PlayStation 5 owner. What mm-hmm. did What did you think in general? I know it's not a PlayStation podcast, but I'm just curious your thoughts. I didn't really care for it. Um, I, I, I thought there, you know, I'm excited about Spider-Man like everybody else. Um, I don't, I, I feel like Spider-Man showed kind of strangely. It started with like a, uh, like a cinematic thing of like Kraven the Hunter in the jungle. Uh, and it's just like, that's not Spider-Man to me, you know, like a man hunting another man through like uh, the sweaty trees of, you know what? I was like, no, no thanks. Um, and then like you get to the actual action and I was like, okay, this is fun. But, uh, you know, felt very much like the, um, scene in Spider-Man that we saw ahead of its release, uh, of, uh, the sinister six, uh, escaping from the raft, uh, which happens like maybe 60% of the way through that game. Um, so I'm anticipating that what we see, in this Spider-Man 2 trailer is also like a scene from like pretty late in the game. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't my favorite part of that game uh, either. So like kind of showing another like on rails, like kind of set piece moment of the game. It's not really why I go to, to Spider-Man anyway. So uh, I thought that trailer was looked, looked great. Um, the game will be fun. Um, but you know, it's uh always a lesson for me when watching any showcase that isn't a Nintendo showcase where it's just like, Oh yeah, maybe most of video games aren't being marketed to me anyway. Like just so many, so many of these VR games had like guns in them. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, who has this fantasy where like you want to be in the eyes of a gunman running around shooting people. Um, Seems nuts. I don't like it. Uh, And then just a lot of like kind of similarly like gray and brown, uh, games um, with like similar dour aesthetics, uh, and then I uh, went home and played Tears of the Kingdom and was like, "Here we go. This is this was the medicine I needed." Uh, what is the name? Oh, first of all, when does the Spider-Man sequel come out? Is it this we year? We don't know. This year. Oh, okay, got it, got it. And then, um, uh, what was the name of the Square Enix like Splatoon? Yes, uh, it's like, like foam, foam stars, foam stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which even in that, like it manages to a game that is uh, effectively trying to be Splatoon as hard as possible without like the squids. Um, even that, like, looks to like the look of it is like kind of dour and like not fun. Uh, Splatoon looks and sounds so cool, and this Foam Stars uh, doesn't. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, and and then all all of that sort of um, you know adds up for me to the. Uh, uh, handheld thing that Sony is, is oh, developing, right. um, which is just 
a remote play machine. So uh, it, it looks like a DualSense controller, like glued onto the broken in half and glued onto a screen. And all it does is do remote play from your PS5. So you can play any game that you have on your PS5 as long as the PS5 and this machine are hooked up to Wi-Fi. Got it. Um, and then you're literally streaming it off that machine, uh, which feels like they can't. It's it's not even doing like its own game streaming, right? Like you can't uh, through like the PS Plus. Like if they, I don't even know they used to on uh, uh, PlayStation Now have uh, game streaming, um, and so I don't actually know if that's still a a function of that service. Um, but the, you can't do that on this thing without the PlayStation 5 being like an intermediary stuff. I wonder, because they keep teasing um, like a re-entry into kind of like cloud gaming. And I wonder if it will. They just haven't talked about it yet because they haven't talked about whatever their next cloud gaming thing is. Uh, I mean, that that would be interesting. It's weird for them not to uh, announce it all together if yeah. that was going to be the case. Yeah. Like, why, why bother... Announcing that this thing is just a remote play machine, um, I don't know that that that's a, that's it's a it's a mind-bogglingly narrow product, which is a Sony move, right? Like that they do like to do that, and I didn't mean to uh, invoke uh, PlayStation Move um, uh, in, in, in saying that, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's a hyper niche product. I'm sure someone will uh, play it and get some use out of it, but like outside of the use case of like taking your game into bed with you right uh like you might with a switch um i don't know why you would get this thing and what's the price point going to be because a playstation dualshock controller is like 80 bucks already so it's got to start there plus a screen and some guts so like how what what's the appropriate price point for this thing yeah yeah it'll be it'll be interesting It'll be interesting to see. Yes, it will. Uh, Takasha Tokita, the director of Live Alive, revealed in an interview with Famitsu that there was a sequel to the Super Famicom RPG classic in the works during the Nintendo DS era. Which is very cool. Yeah. He says, quote, We had tried to plan a sequel, but it was hard to display the passion of Live Alive fans to the company, and so we ended up in an impasse. Which fair play because uh, Live Alive is a game that I've only like heard spoke er, you know before the uh, HD version was uh, released um, or revealed I guess uh, it was a game that I had like heard spoken of in whispers in various corners of like the games media uh, but you know like I didn't I didn't know it as like a game that had like a fan base right so much as just like a few weirdos on podcasts that would uh, talk it up. And then Takeda went on to explain how much he felt the HD 2D presentation uh, went toward making the remake so successful. Quote, keeping the impression of the Super Nintendo era while modernizing it was a big factor. We had also thought about doing a full 3D remake instead, but we considered the fans and decided that it wouldn't be quite what they wanted. Which is insightful. Because, like, I, I I loved Live Alive uh, when, when we played it and it came out last year. Um, last year? Whenever it came out, who cares? Um, and uh, having that experience of like, we have found a new sixteen-bit, uh, yeah, Super Nintendo RPG, um, was a big part of the joy of it for me. And if they had just like done it up with like you know fresh new three D graphics, I don't think I would have had that same joy. Totally. That's why I, uh, you know, we haven't heard much about it recently, but like Dragon Quest 3 with that HD2D. Yes. Is, yeah, I feel like HD2D is so 
he he's exactly right that HD2D is so good at kind of like capturing the spirit of those uh, 16-bit platforms. Mm -hmm. In a recent interview with Nintendo Dream, several of the main creative forces of Fire Emblem Engage gave some insight into the difference between Engage and the earlier Switch release, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yes, and this is fascinating. Yes. Uh, Co-producers Genke Yokata and Masahiro Higuchi uh, spoke on the intentionality of the difference. Yokata says, so one of the themes was to do things differently from Three Houses, Higuchi. The last game, Three Houses, was planned with the idea of making an adult war chronicle. On the other hand, Engage was made with the idea of broadening our audience, such that even people who have never tried Fire Emblem would want to pick it up. It's been over 10 years since Awakening, so we also thought of making another Fire Emblem that would appeal to a wide audience. And this is nuts <laughs> it's so crazy because it feels <laughs> like the reverse <laughs> yeah three houses and i think the numbers probably support this uh-huh fire emblem three houses was a crossover outside of fire emblem success i think if uh if engage sold better than the 3ds versions it is on the success of three houses um three houses feels like more old fire emblem-y than three houses did yeah and uh Engage is so... I didn't play a lot of it. But the very um, kind of like idea of these emblems that... Is that what they were called? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That were all characters from old Fire Emblem games. It just feels so circular to me. Like, how is a newcomer... What? How does this broaden the audience? It just feels so backwards. Yeah. Engage was made with the idea of broadening our audience. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who am I to say otherwise? I, I mean, but I would I, say I mission not accomplished. No, I would say mission. The what's the opposite of accomplished? <laughs> I, I still, I mean, and no shade on engage. I really liked it, um, but yeah, that that that's a that's a wild take. And then co-directors Kentada Nakanishi and Sutomu Tai on the more straightforward streamlined structures. Nakanishi says, as for the flow of the game, we've tried a lot of different things, such as the two versions of Fates where you uh, side with different countries, or three houses where you choose your class. And this time we went with an orthodox single route. Tai says, it was because of this decision that I was appointed as director. I wasn't very involved in Fire Emblem games after Awakening. However, even from an outsider perspective, I deeply felt that Awakening was a game that revolutionized the series. And so I worked on this project with the same feelings of wanting to create a new Fire Emblem. This is a much more level-headed take that makes sense to uh -huh. me. That uh, the, the, there was a recent history of Fire Emblem games being formally adventurous, um, adventurous in their form, uh, and that this game is a very specifically not that. Uh, and I think it succeeds in being a, a linear, um, uh, a, a very linear, normal uh, Fire Emblem game. Uh, so this is insight that I like and agree with. <laughs> Can I, uh, in Engage, are you able to, I mean, before the game was released, we were joking like, oh, it's all about rings. It's, you know, like in the Engage is in the title. Yeah. Like is romancing part of something you can do? Like, uh, yeah, you jokingly, you know, Fire Emblem got of. popular, pop got right. popular with Awakening when you could have waifus. Like, is that a mechanic in Engage? It, it is. It's not to the same extent as it is in like uh, Awakening, um, or I mean, there because there 
you can get married in, in three houses, right? I don't think so. No, maybe you're right. Um, well, you can just like take them to tea. You can just take them to tea, right? Uh, and just like all those characters are so charming, and you know them and all. You from become. The beginning. I think you can become like best friends with somebody or something, but it, it's not. Right. It's not the same. I will become best friends with Claude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it. It is not. Uh, I mean all really for for my money, uh, all of these games, with the exception of Awakening. And uh, really, just awakening. Um, the uh, like romantic relationships are not that well supported. Like you have to do a lot of the shipping in your head, mm-hmm. um, which the game gives you tons of ammo to to do that. Um, but yeah, it's a, a awakening where you can like genuinely pair the characters and have their their offspring travel back in time and join your team. Oh, um, where it like that's cool feels meaningful and like you have these like family units running around and who you pair together determines what that family is. Most of the characters from the future only have mothers assigned to them. Uh, who the father is, is like whoever you pair up oh. with that. So like it's, it's, it's very, it's very cool in that way. But I think all the games are sort of missing a sort of like active romance. Um, like romance is sort of the, like that, that's a lot of headcanon. That makes so much sense. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I didn't realize that was the case. A new Dragon Quest Monsters game was announced last week as part of a Dragon Quest Monsters 25th anniversary video. Which means Dragon Quest Monsters, as a series within Dragon Quest, has been around for 25 years. Yeah, that's crazy. The new game was announced as in development for Switch. No date, no window, and no other platforms mentioned. Plus, the trailer is all in Japanese, <laughs> uh, so who even knows if it's going to come uh, right. outside of Japan. Uh, Dragon Quest Treasures, which mm-hmm. came out last December to pretty good reviews or last uh, end of last year started out as a monsters game Mm -hmm. and then uh, transformed into something else. Oh, uh, (laughs) I didn't see that. That was literally the next bullet point. Amazing. Uh, Yeah. Uh, The, the, and phrased almost the exact same way. (laughs) Yep. The last (laughs) round quest monsters game that came out in North America was 2011's Dragon quest monster Joker two for Nintendo DS, so it has been a while. Yeah, it 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 has been uh o- over a decade. There was another one that came out um in Japan, and then there were two phone games that I believe were also Japanese only. Um, but so yeah, it's a uh, it, is it fair to say that it's been like kind of a dormant series when uh, Treasures was kind of a Dragon Quest Monsters game? I don't know. And finally, Front Mission Two remake has been delayed. The game was originally going to come out in June, but developer Forever Entertainment has decided to put off releasing on that schedule to, quote, ensure that they have sufficient time to add as many functionalities as possible while proceeding with proper implementation and tests in order to meet player expectations for a modern day remake. So my question is, are we just starting the clock to be like, when? Because uh, the Front Mission games are originally Square Enix games. They're like mech tactical games. Um, the first one came out. The second one is now being uh, delayed uh, with no specific new release date. Um, and they had teased at some point uh, the third one coming at some point. Uh, is First question, is the third one coming out? Second question, is the second one coming out? <laughs> yeah. I uh, Yeah, I mean, sometimes this, you know, these delays become a death spiral. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know how often it happens, but the reason I'm thinking about it is recently Ubisoft that like Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake sure. that it's been troubled. You know, they basically just said we're working on it, but uh, don't expect it anytime soon type thing, which is that a quiet cancellation? This one, I feel like uh, uh, I would say more likely it comes out 
than Lord of the Rings Gollum. On Switch. Yeah, on yeah. Switch. Yep. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, if for no other reason than Square Enix puts out games. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, they will put, they will find a way to put the game out. Yep. But three? I don't know about three. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, don't forget, you can join our Discord. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 You can get more of his music by going to 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. <laughs>